Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 70. And today's episode is a very special episode. But before we get into that, be advised that if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can not only hear our sultry voices, but also see our lovely faces in full Technicolor over on YouTube. Uh, head over to youtube.com forward slash camera shake. Um, if you're there already, just keep watching. Try and hit the uh, the subscribe button, hit the bell, do all of the good stuff that YouTubers usually do. Well, you don't you have to. to tell people to do that. We just do a really good job and then they do it anyway. Is that how it works? That's how that works. Is that how it works? Watch, I'll show you. Okay, cool. <laughs> hit subscribe anyway. <laughs> anyway, that being said, we are here in a very special occasion because we are once again with a very special guest, David Williams, right here on the show. Um, and we're not in our usual set. No, are we not. This is weird, right? It's very weird. weird. What I would call this is middle of nowhere. We are literally in no man's I don't land. don't really know where we are. Well, we're actually in no man's land. We are. Well, yeah, because there is Wales and there, no, is that? Yeah, and there is England. And we're not quite sure where the line is, to be honest. We just know that there are lots of green things around us and not many people. We did have to drive into Wales to get here. And then we came back out and then we went back very in. Very odd. It was odd. Yes, totally confusing. Yeah. Um, one thing that you won't be able to to hear on the video, on the podcast, are the strange noises that are going on around us because we're actually in the middle of a forest. Yeah. yeah. Dave has um, some thoughts, let's say, some on thoughts. what these, these sounds these are. These are facts. <laughs> these are absolute cold hard facts. Bigfoot is a thing, right? Bigfoot is definitely a thing. Cryptozoology is a thing. There's no smoke without fire. Exhibit A. <laughs> so if people are talking about Bigfoot, then Bigfoot's a thing. Now, what's to say Bigfoot's not watching us right now? Why have you got a torch? <laughs> Just for safety. Just for safety. Just for safety. And I'm the... Okay. Well, there, there's, there are some very strange noises, I'll give you that. But here's the thing. It's very strange um, that you should be concerned about noises because it's the things that don't make the noise that you should be concerned about. <laughs> yeah, uh, like silent farts. <laughs> <laughs> silent farts. Ooh. What the hell? Okay, we're in a rainforest all of a no, sudden. No, that's an owl. Oh, is I it? can tell you for a fact that that was an owl. That was a monkey. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> that's also an owl. Different kind of owl. <laughs> the screaming coming from over there earlier. No idea. <laughs> this is probably going to be a really interesting episode. This yeah. is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Right. For you, we're also having episode a beer. Episode fuel. Episode For you wildlife photography lovers, um, this could be... Thank you. Cheers. This could be um, this could right, be interesting. Okay, are you sure that's yours? <laughs> <laughs> no, hundred percent. This could be Bigfoot. So mm. I don't know. Anyway, we are here for yeah. a reason um, because you may remember uh, some months back we had Dave on the show, and we were talking about your work um, as a uh, landscape photographer. Yeah, travel, travel, yeah. travel, and landscape photographer. That's right. They kind of go together. Yeah. So. Can you hear that? You'll be able to see it in a minute. There it is. Oh, wow. Good to know. Good God. Did you see it? I did. Nice. So because of that sound, I heard landscaping photographer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm a travel photographer, which is um, strange because there's not really a definition where, so you shoot people, I'd, I'll rephrase that, you're a portrait photographer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, and inherently by being a portrait photographer, you shoot people. Um, and landscape photographers shoot landscapes, nature photographers mm. shoot nature. Everything that goes, everything in photography that has a genre um, has, has has a subject, whereas travel photography doesn't really have a subject because mm. landscapes or people or food or whatever it may be 
are all covered by the genre of, la of travel photography. Mm. So travel photography is not about the subject of the photo, rather it's about the feeling, the feeling that you get um, as a result of looking at the photo, that you want to be there, that you want to be in the place where the photo was taken. What is that noise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's getting very creepy. Out it's getting closer. <laughs> yeah. Right, anyway, so yeah, so travel photography is more about the feeling that you get as a result of the photo rather than the subject matter of the photo mm. itself. And of course, travel has been challenging. Oh, yes. For the um, last... I've been, so there's just been um, there's been a volcano erupting in Iceland, uh, right on the Reykjanes Peninsula. When you're in Iceland, it's really easy to get to it. It's right by the airport, between the airport and Reykjavik. And I've had five cancelled flights. Five. I haven't been away for pushing 18 months. And considering I was going away twice a month, every month for three years, four years before that, um, it's been quite a shock to the system. And out of that shock has come this van. <laughs> so this is my this is my ticket to freedom. <laughs> so what you can see behind us is um, Dave's van called Coffee Fanve. And you nailed that pronunciation. Oh, no. Well, you know, it's in the blood. I like what can it. I say? Well done. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the van? Uh, sure. So the van itself, the roots of the van, we're looking at a... Mercedes Sprinter. Um, it's a 2011 313 CDI. It's the long wheelbase. Um, in American, it's called the 170, and in European, it's called the L3H2. And that means it's the long wheelbase with the high roof. And you've, you've basically made that a project. Oh, yes. Now, if you take us back about six months or something when, when you first started, mm -hmm. um, with this, what, what was the the basic thought behind getting a van in the first place? Six months ago, the van didn't even exist. The van, well, the van existed. The van wasn't in my possession. Mm. Um, it's been a, something that's been on my mind for years, and it's probably been on lots of people's mind to some extent, but it, the difference being that I'm doing something about it is that you look at social media posts of people in vans with their fairy lights reversed up to a beach with the doors open on the ocean, having a great time, or apparently having a great time on the face value. I wanted that life because I, when I go away, I'm very restricted because I have a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever it may be, accommodation, and a rental car, and a, a load of timings of where I'm going to be and when I'm going to be there. And if the weather doesn't play ball or if something goes wrong with those timings, then that's the opportunity gone. I won't be able to get back to that location to take that photo without significant expense. Whereas if I do it this way, I've got my own schedule, I can park up, I can wait for the conditions, the light, the weather, whatever it may be, to be the way I want it to be. And I'm not paying for accommodation, I'm not paying to rent a vehicle, because I've already got the vehicle, and the vehicle is the accommodation. So it gives me that freedom, and, and in a, a business, um, from a business point of view, it means I've got greater profit margins because I'm not spending all the money on accommodation and hotels that most travel photographers are doing. So you're, you're literally living in the van? Yeah. Cool. And you've, you've actually, I mean, you've, you've sort of been test driving this yeah. for the last few months. So um, when I started building it, I knew what I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to be capable of doing. And um, now that I've got it finished, or when I say finished, it... 
essentially it's finished, but there are going to be some adjustments. There's going to be some fine tuning. Um, and that's what's happening now. I'm testing everything out. I'm learning where things belong inside the van and what I need and what I don't need and how everything works and um, putting it through it. Like around here, I was taking it <laughs> through some serious off-roading just to see what it's actually capable of. So I pushed it until I couldn't physically go any further to see what I can and what I can't get away with because now is the safe time to do it before I head off on this adventure, which is going to be uh, early November when I'm going to leave the country. Cool. So mm. you're getting everything ready yeah. for your first yeah. Coffee Fenway Coffee adventure. Fenway is going to be on a mission. And at the moment, Coffee Fenway is going through some serious testing. <laughs> serious testing. So I imagine having to live <clears throat> inside the van, right? Yeah. You have to cram in. I can't even begin to imagine the amount of stuff. I bet you've had yeah. to be quite innovative oh, in the way that you've. Uh, you you've wouldn't done it. believe how much you own that you don't need. <laughs> like you, you fill your house with possessions, but you fill it because of the amount of space you have available. Mm -hmm. If you had less space available, you'd have less possessions. Just like if you make a certain amount of income, you spend that because you live to your means. It's the same with your living space. You you live to your means within the space that you have. So you cram your house with stuff that you don't need. And when you do something like this, you realize just how much you don't need it. And so even the things that I've got in here now, after whittling down everything that I've got, putting the important things in storage and getting rid of everything else by dumping it or selling it, I've still got things in here that I don't need that are just taking up space. And quite importantly for this van, taking weight because I've got a limit of three and a half tons. So um, I can't push that because although there may be a discrepancy depending on where I am and who's dealing with me, if anything were to go through down the lines of get, getting stopped by law enforcement, it's just not worth pushing over. And and obviously it's affecting my fuel economy, it's affecting various other things as well. So yeah, there's there's stuff in here that I'm going to get rid of. And it's through this, through the testing, that I'm learning what it is that I need to get rid of, yeah. what I really need to keep and what I don't. So, it's really interesting. Practically, how do you go about knowing how much weight you've got in there? Like how do I weigh the van? Do you actually go yeah, and weigh yeah, it? Yeah, you, you weigh the van, yeah. Excellent. So um, I've got, a 75 litre fuel tank and a litre is a kilo so I've got 75 kilos of fuel mm -hmm. I've got a 28 litre water tank so I've got 28 litre, uh, kilos of water um, the van itself I believe is 2.1 tonnes with nothing in it I think I'm not sure I think um, and last time I checked the van was 3.49 tonnes wow <laughs> no. 3.49 yeah right on the nose <laughs> Um, in terms of how you do that, every in the UK, every local authority is supposed to have a way station for the public to use. Oh, right. And quite often they're contracted, but um, I just used one in Guildford. Mm -hmm. um, they weighed it, gave me a ticket. I think it was a tenner. But then you can do it. That, they're, they're all linked to VOSA, the Vehicle mm -hmm. Standards Agency. Um, so if you're over, they won't let you leave because you're there. You'd, you'd be driving illegally, illegally. overweight. So you can go about it in other ways, like if everywhere that has weight, um, everywhere, every industry that weight is important for vehicles will have a way of weighing the vehicles. Skip hire, council bin collection, um, aggregate, lorries that carry stones. Mm -hmm. they, they need to know how much stone they've got in the back, the skips need to know how much the skip weighs. All of these things 
therefore have a weigh bridge. So if you go and find one of these depots and say, can I please come and park on your weigh bridge? They'll generally let you. They might ask for a fiver or something, but they'll generally let you. So yeah, you can go and weigh coffee, phone veil, whatever vehicle you want to. I tell you it's what, quite I, easy. I think we should go weigh uh, weigh the car on the way back, given how much gear we've got. <laughs> Look at right all now. the sure. stuff you bought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have weighed it on the way here and again on the way back. You know, given how many sausages we've eaten. Yeah, see how many sausages you've oh. lost. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> <In> weight. Nice. <laughs> There's still a couple of sausages there if you're hungry. Yeah, they won't be there by the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So when you first came up with the idea of converting a van. Mm. Like, did you already have the skills? No. Or how did you? How did you go about? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I must have already had the skills. I just didn't know I did. Um, I've done the odd bit of DIY, mm. as I'm sure most people have. Essentially, it was a big puzzle. So everything I did, um, and this is something I apply to various aspects of my life. And if you've got a big problem, break it down into smaller problems. If you've got a big target, break it into smaller targets. This was a big puzzle that I broke into smaller puzzles. So I knew what I knew what I wanted to achieve. I knew I wanted a fixed bed. I knew I wanted to get from the back to the front without getting out. I knew I wanted insulation, a good insulation all the way around because I want to go to the Arctic a lot. I know I want big tires. There's all these things that I knew I wanted and then I had to figure out how I was going to do them. And every time I came up against a problem that I didn't know how to deal with, I had to break it down. And essentially, everything that's happened in this van, I've done myself. And it's blown me away that I've been able to, because at the time I was just plowing on and pushing through and figuring out the solutions to all these problems, the odd cut and graze here and there, but it's done. When I look back at it, I've actually quite impressed myself, because I didn't know I could do anything like that. So with the floor, the floor is just a grid of wood with insulation in between it. And that then has a kitchen cupboard on top of it. But the kitchen cupboard is just a frame and then on top of the frame you put some wood and then you cut a hole in the wood and put a sink in. It's like you break down everything into the smaller problems to deal with the big thing and then you just make it all fit together. If you look really closely, some of it doesn't fit together. <laughs> but <laughs> it's part of just dealing with it. Like, it's not a perfect build at all. A professional van conversion company would look at this and hate it. But I'm happy with it. It all works. That's it. It, it works. Together you're happy. Nicely. You're yeah. comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. That's really. What I've else got can a nice big double bed. I've got nice sound system. Honestly, I've, that's I've astounding got that you've got internet. a double bed in there. Yeah. I've got all the power I need. I've got the internet. I've got water, so I can keep myself clean and fed and warm and dry, and I can move. And that's ticked all the boxes that I need. Man, I mean, we've <laughs> we, we've been inside and we've driven around in it a little bit today as well, and. It's it's astounding that you've done that all yourself. It's really cool. Really, <laughs> really you. cool. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love it. I, I said to you a little earlier on, didn't I? I'm a little bit envious. A little <laughs> bit envious. So just to give you an idea as to what we're really talking about, since you can't see the inside of the of the van right now, we have shot a little walkthrough video, which we'll mm. be playing now, and you can get an impression as to what it actually looks like inside. Then that's what put the video in. But I'm actually <clears throat> going to put it in now. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, I'm Dave Williams. I'm a travel photographer from the UK, and I've just converted this van into a cabin on wheels. It's Coffee Fernvey. Uh, the Fernvey comes from the fact that it's German, it's a Mercedes, and it means wanderlust. And the coffee is cabin. It's my favorite place in the world, it's Iceland. And uh, yeah, coffee means cabin in Icelandic. So this is a um, 2011 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter 313 CDI, which if you're in Europe, it's the L3H2. If you're in America or Canada, it is the 170 because of the wheelbase being 170 inches. But essentially, it's a long wheelbase. Um, on the outside, the paint down here is wrapped to black. It's the same stuff that they paint the liners of, of uh, pickup truck beds with. So it's kind of rubberized, it's uh, hard-wearing paint. And then up here, it's a military green, uh, military vehicle paint. So again, it's hard-wearing and will take a lot of abuse, as you can see from the abuse I've already given it in the couple of months that I've been going around with it. Um, there's been a few additions to the outside that I've done, including this window here. So let me just tell you, when you cut a hole in your van for this window or for the roof, and you'd cut a perfectly good piece of metal uh, away, leaving a big hole behind, it's a pretty scary experience. But once it's done, it's pretty satisfying as well. And I'm glad I've put a window on each side. There's lots of security on this van, which I'll get into in a bit, but this is just pointing out one of those features. And then, <laughs> the wheel upgrade. This is probably my favorite thing all around. I took off the standard 16-inch uh, wheels, and these are 18-inch wheels with massive Pirelli Scorpion All-Terrain Plus tires put on top. They will go anywhere, including mud, snow, and ice. So I can use them in the Arctic without any chains or any additional um, assistance like chains or grips or anything like that. So um, they're very expensive, but they're worth the investment. Let's have a look around at the front. Come on. Come on. Another thing uh, that's kind of to do with the Arctic is the fact that you need to be able to see everything all the time. And in the dark, in the cold Arctic winter, it gets very, very dark. And there's a lot of wildlife. There's moose and reindeer um, roaming all over the country in northern Norway, Sweden and Finland, which is somewhere I'm going to end up pretty uh, soon on in my trip. So up the top there, we've got a roof bar light, which um, shines a light way down the road and picks up a little bit in front of me as well. There's these two spots, one on each side, which light sideways into the bushes, so I can see if there are any animals in the bushes. And then down here, we've got rock lights, which light up any rocks or any potholes in the road. So as far as my visibility in the dark goes, I am absolutely covered. I basically bring the sun with me wherever I go. Do you wanna have a look on the inside? Whilst a lot of the van's designed around, obviously, the cabin, um, I'm going to spend a lot of time driving, so I've had to think very carefully about how everything works here. So when I get in and turn the van on, firstly, I'm very comfortable. I have an overlanding sat-nav by Garmin. Um, it's got a whole load of databases in it, including TripAdvisor, Michelin, uh, iOverlander. Um, it, it gives me a lot more than just directions. It tells me what I'm near as well that might be interesting or that I might want to have a look at. And then right here, I've got a Nexar dash cam. So it automatically turns itself on and starts recording every time I get in the van. 
and uh, back off again at the end. It sends me uh, little clips to remind me where I've parked as well. If I forget where I've parked, it will send me a little clip to, see, to show me pulling up so I can remind myself where I am. But also it detects um, sudden braking or a potential crash and gives me a clip that I can send straight to the insurance company. So that's pretty cool. Up here, uh, I've put all the controls for the lights that we've just seen on the outside. And interestingly, the ones at the front, which are the ones on the right, are also controlled by this big red switch. So if I've got all the lights blazing down the road and something comes the other way, if I hit that switch, it turns them all off straight away, kind of like what you do with your main beam on your uh, indicator stalk. And it's pretty cool to have a big red button and no one knows what it does. Um, the stereo obviously is fairly important. There's a lot of karaoke going on in this car or in this van. So as well as having the hands-free run through this and the reverse camera, I've added some speakers. There's some above my head. There's some right down in the corners by the windscreen and in the doors, so I've got awesome sound. And what else have we got going on here? I've got the phone holder, which is magnetic, so I'll just put my phone there and I'm good to go. And over here, we've got a tracker. This is a um, Garmin tracker that runs on the Iridium satellite network. So I can send my location uh, to my friends and family and I can have it tracking me on my website so people that are interested in where I am can see exactly where I am all the time. Uh, that's on coffeefernvay.com or idavewilliams.com. This is a nifty little thing here. This is an attimeter, attimeter. It shows my attitude, not, not my attitude, but the attitude of the van, whether it's leaning to the left or right or up or down. So I know when I, when I pull up somewhere and I want to sleep for the night, whether I'm level or not. That's the, the thing that helps me determine that. And everything else you see around here is um, pretty standard for a Mercedes Sprinter. If I come into the back though, you'll first notice that the seat beside me swivels. So it can spin all the way around to face into the back and that really opens up the living area in the cabin. And uh, if I didn't want to sit on the bench back there, I could sit on this passenger seat facing backwards straight in. And uh, another consideration that I've given regarding filming and photographing myself, because obviously a lot of the adventure is to do with what I'm getting up to and where I am in the world. I've added some camera mounts. So straight up here, we've got a Platypod Ultra screwed into the ceiling that I can uh, attach a GoPro to, which sits within arm's reach all the time. So I can record myself driving. It can go straight out the front window as well. Um, into the back, into the cabin. One of the considerations when I designed this is that I want to be able to get from the back to the front without getting out. And as you can see, it's very simple. You just step through. That involved getting the double seat that was there the, that came with the van, removing the double seat and putting this single swivel seat in. That was hard work, but not as hard as the four seats that were here um, that were bolted through the floor. And it must have taken me about a week to get them out with the rusted up bolts that were holding everything in place. But now it's done. You can see what I've done in the back here. So I've just mentioned that I wanted to get from the front into the back or back into the front without getting out of the van. The other things that I absolutely wanted were somewhere to sit, somewhere to sleep without having to build the bed every day and somewhere to cook on the inside of the van. 
And because I'm going to cold places, or the plan is to go to a lot of cold places, I wanted all the water storage to be on the inside of the van so that it wouldn't be on tanks mounted to the bottom where it might freeze up. Um, let's go around this area first, I guess. From the front, there's loads of storage all around the top on both sides and at the front. And this is where things that I need to get to quickly and easily are stored. So there's a load of books here, toiletries. This is all camera equipment. This is my polar bear, as you can see. He lives there. Um, up at the front, there's a whole load of stuff to do with shopping. So all my bags and everything is there. There's a curtain that goes on the window on the door. Velcro, that's up there. Batteries, um, anything, anything that I need to get to quickly that's nothing to do with photography or books or toiletries is there. And this side, this is all about coffee. This is the coffee cupboard. So everything in here, apart from the tea bags, is to do with making myself a good cup of coffee. The way I do that is I don't have fixed cooking facilities. I've got a sink with running water, and as you can see here, it's all connected in, it's all fancy looking, but there's nowhere to cook. And the reason is that the amount of countries I'm gonna be going to um, is gonna give me a problem with gas, where every country's got a different gas fitting, a different propane fitting, or a different kind of gas bottle, that it would just give me a headache. So if I come up with something else, different options for cooking like you would when you're camping that will solve those problems so down here there's a cooking stove that comes out onto the countertop and it takes um small cartridges also i've got uh what's it called a camping gas that can come and sit up here and that can take its place i've got a jet boil for boiling water very quickly the fuel's down there for that Basically, it looks like there's nowhere to cook, but actually there's so many different options that I've solved the problems that I would have of having the wrong connections, the wrong gas bottles by simply just having lots and lots of different options. And it all just sits here where it can vent out through the door if I open the door a crack. Um, and I've got all this space over here left over to do my preparing and my washing up and everything else. So behind me, the bench seat all my cushions to make everything nice and comfortable, including my personalized Kofi Fernweh cushion that my sister got me. This is awesome. Um, the bench sheet hides a toilet that slides out. It's a chemical toilet, so it's kind of for emergencies only, um, but it's not really much of a problem. There's no smell that comes from it. Obviously, I've tried it all out and it's fine. Um, I had to get through the fears that I'm sure everyone has to get through when they get a chemical toilet, but it's fine. And then the rest of it picks up to reveal two storage compartments inside. Um, most of the stuff in here is to do with photography and to do with the kitchen. Which brings us back over to the rest of the kitchen. Underneath the sink, um, just down here, in fact, you can see where the water goes in. So there's two tanks uh, side by side. The fresh water tank on this side is filled up through anything through this funnel or through a hose that I can connect and it carries 28 litres of fresh water that goes to this pump and straight into this tap. When it drains out, it goes into the tank beside it, which is the grey water or the wastewater tank, also 28 litres. And I just open a ball valve down on the floor and it drains straight out. So if I park over a drain or somewhere appropriate, depending on what I've put down the sink, I can empty it straight back out again. 
Um, beside that is the bin, and then there's a whole load of food storage. A chest of drawers at the end with more food storage and all my cutlery. And then we've got this nifty cupboard, which has got all my plates and all my pots and pans, and then a bit more storage for mostly charging-related stuff. There's camera cables, and there's a trail cam. When I park up and I want to see what's outside the van at night, this is very interesting. So I can just strap it to a tree. Um, this is all quick access stuff. In terms of where I keep my actual cameras and my camera gear, well, that's all kind of well hidden. There is hidden storage that I'm not going to show you, and there is a safe bolted to the floor that I'm also not going to show you. And the reason I'm not going to show you is because you can watch the video and break into the van. Um, but all that stuff is uh, hidden away, tucked away, so, but it's in a place where I can access it if I need to. Below the cupboard is the fridge freezer, but the interesting bit about this area is the bit in between the cupboard and the fridge. So these two planks here, they hide all the brains behind the van. So in there, there's a fuse box, the solar charge controller, the inverter um, controller, um, what else is in there? My broadband is in there. There's a whole load of stuff in there that I access through a flap in the cupboard that is the brains behind the van. So the solar wires run down here behind this wood and they go straight into there. And then they go into the solar charge controller, MPPT, uh, which is a Victron 130, I think is the model. Goes to the two lithium batteries, which are 110 amp hours each. Um, and then back into the fuse board and it's spread out throughout the van to various places where I can charge things. So if you look up here, this is the most obvious one. This is a USB point. There are five of them spread throughout the van. Um, and that runs 12 volt DC power, which most things will run on. But you'll see that I'm currently uploading some stuff on my laptop. And my laptop uses a standard house plug, an AC plug, and that's hidden behind here. <laughs> so um, I can turn that on and off. It's 1800 watts. It uses quite a lot of power, but I've got quite a lot of power coming in from the solar. Um, and if you look around the van, you'll see that most things have at least two uses. There's um, not much space, and I have to be careful of everything that goes in here because of the weight. So most things have got at least two uses, perhaps three but then everything needs a, f a contingency. So as well as the water, I've got water tanks in the back that I can fill up just in case this breaks or freezes over or something goes wrong here. Just like with the power, as well as the solar power, I've got power coming from the engine. So there's a split charge running to the alternator that also tops up the batteries. Um, so if anything goes wrong with the solar panels, I'm still making my own power. Up at the back there is a full-size double bed. Um, and I was quite impressed I managed to get a full-size double bed in there, but I did, and it's uh, very, very comfortable. It's quite high up, so it's kind of like, um, what are they called? It's kind of like a Japanese pod hotel in that you have sort of squeeze into the space, but once you're in it, it feels more open than it looks from the outside. All the clothes are stored beside it in two shelves, which I'm calling the wardrobe. And then um, the rest of the van is all hidden in the back. Um, there's a, a massive garage space and I've also got a printer on a slide out so I can print anywhere I am in the world. So we talked about the uh, solar charge controller there. Those cables come from this 
385 watt solar panel fixed up on the roof there. And I can tilt that so I can point it at the sun if I'm in the Arctic and there isn't a lot of sunlight available, so I can maximize on that. That's mounted on some Titan roof bars. The next thing on the roof as we go back is my skylight. It's a Dometic Hecky 2 and it is enormous, but it sits right above the bed. So I can sit in a bed at night looking up at the stars and the amount of shooting stars I've seen already is phenomenal. Um, and the next thing back from that, I've got lights all the way around at the back, on the left, on the right, and two facing backwards. And it's the same lights as the rock lights on the front. So they will light up the whole area if I need to, if I want to see what's going on, or if I need to set up camp or anything like that. And I also talked about the um, reverse camera that I have, which is right here. So I've got two cameras facing backwards, one for security and one for vision. Um, I think that's the reverse camera and that's the security camera. So I can always see what's going on outside as well. Um, more security on the back and a step, which uh, is obviously very handy for sitting on when you're having a cup of coffee outside. And that takes us into the garage area. Now it's a mess because it's not ready, but this is it. You can see the bed here, so I've got access to the mattress um, in order to change the sheets or anything like that. And I've got this headboard here that I made, which is a piece of wood, with some pipe insulation on it, and some fabric stapled over the top, which I thought was very clever. Next to that, we've got some hanging space, and the hanging space is for my big heavy winter jackets. There's a couple of hooks there, and there's also some hooks here. And then that leads us to these boxes. Um, this one's for the camping stuff. This one's photography stuff like tripods and things that I don't need to access that often. And a ladder here that gets me up onto the roof. I've also got these max tracks because every now and then I might get stuck. I have been stuck in rental cars in the snow and the ice and had to get rescued and I don't want to, I don't want to get rescued in this. So I've got as much as I can to self-rescue, including these max tracks and some ropes and uh, winch pulleys and all sorts of other stuff. And then that leads to the fun stuff. Um, everything else in here is about having fun. So as, there's all the tools and the fluids and some spare water all tucked in down here, but there's also a sledge, ice skates, ice axe, climbing ropes. There's my ski poles, the skis are down the side there. A hammock, um, just some shelters, all my walking shoes. These are all my other trainers, the ones that are out of action, so I can switch my shoes up whenever I need to. The whole back of the van, apart from all this useful stuff, is all about having fun and having adventures while I'm on the road. Well, that's pretty much it. Um, that's Coffee Fernvey. I'm Dave Williams, and you can find everything about me and the van at idavewilliams.com. Thank you for having a little look around with me. So Dave, from start to finish, how long did that build take you? I wish I knew the answer. I should be better prepared for this. <laughs> okay, I bought the van in February. It's now August. I finished the van about a month ago. When I say finished, I mean, you know, pre-prep finished. Um, I worked solidly for about five weeks when I bought the van, getting stuff done, getting everything prepped, painted, stripping out what was in there before and putting in what I wanted. Then I spent another few 
I don't know, six or seven weeks doing all the woodwork and then another couple of weeks finishing it or finishing touches. Let's call it three months, maybe three and a half. God, that's not bad. That's amazing. It? That's mm. quick. How many YouTube videos did you have to watch? Oh, loads. <laughs> YouTube is the answer to everything. <laughs> if you don't know how to fix a solar panel, wire a solar panel, um, sort out a water pump, 12-volt water pump, just painting the van. There's so many things that YouTube will tell, tell you the answer to. That, yeah, I've, mm. I've watched loads. Loads and loads <laughs> and loads. So, <clears throat> I think one one of the uh, things that people will be interested in is is just really how it works. Like, how okay. do you create energy, for example? So, if I walk through the whole thing then, the engine, conventionally, an engine will charge a battery. The alternator will take spinning motion of the engine and that will spin a coil which will generate electric and put it into the battery. I've tapped into that um, with something called a split charger so it splits that charge sends some of it to the van battery and some of it to what's called the house batteries or the leisure batteries we call them. Oh, leisure batteries. Exactly. Oh. In the industry we call them the house batteries though. Um, the house batteries are what powers everything in the back of the van. Um, and you can't rely on one thing. You have to have a redundancy. So that's the redundancy. And the main source is the solar. So up on the roof, there's 385 watt solar panel. And that goes straight down into um, a cupboard above the fridge, which is where the brains are. It's uh, the flux capacitors in there. I like cool. the sci-fi reference there. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. And the next to the flux capacitor is the solar charge controller, um, which is, I think, it's called the MPPT, the solar charge controller. And that um, takes the solar charge and it comes through as more amps and more watts than can be dealt with by the battery. So it converts it to what can be dealt with by the battery and plugs it in. So it charges the batteries that way. And the batteries are lithium ion. So the same as the batteries in your phone, just bigger. Um, and the reason I went for those is because a conventional gel acid battery that you would have is very, very heavy. So these are very lightweight. And they also last for longer, and I'm able to use all of the energy that's stored within them instead of being limited to half of them as you would be with um, a gel acid battery or any kind of acid battery. There's 220 amp hours of energy in those and an amp hour is obviously an amp per hour, so 220 of them is, is more than sufficient. Um, and this solar panel can give me a lot of energy in very low light, which is why I chose it as well, because when I'm up in the north, um, in the top of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and in the winter there's not a lot of light, that's going to maximize how much energy is coming from the light that's available to me, or for the short time that the light's available to me. What else is going on there? So that goes into the fuse board and each it's the same blade fuses you get in the front of the vehicle. I've put the same thing into the back because it's a 12-volt system as well. That feeds um, all the USB sockets. It feeds everything that I've got going on in the back. The lights, the USBs, the water pump, the fridge, it all runs off that with various different fuses at various different power levels. Also, coming from there, I've got an inverter and that inverts this um, DC power into AC power. AC is the standard electric you have in your socket in your house. 
So it converts it from a direct current into a wave that you have with alternating current. So it's a, si a pure sine wave inverter. And it gives me 1800 watts of power, which is plenty to charge my laptop or my portable speaker or anything else that uses AC power. Um, and incidentally, it is what's running the main light here at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the van has a wire coming out, which is lighting all of us up. So that's how good it is. Just saying. Super duper. I did now. that. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> um, what else have we got going on? Well, that's pretty much it in terms of how the power is made and dealt with. Everything that I've got there, including the battery for the van, goes through to my phone. So I've got apps on here where I can check the... Let me just have a... Let's have an interesting little look here and see if... You're not going to turn our light off if no, uh, no, we're no. drawing too no, no, much no. power, are you? So... It says a hundred percent. If you look here, that's the house battery. That's yeah, a hundred percent. And the reason it's showing a hundred percent is because it's above thirteen volts. Okay. So anything above the so it's not like on your phone where it says a hundred percent, fifty percent, whatever. We are, what I need to do is make sure I keep the voltage at a, a good level. And if it drops below that level, I need to charge it back up again. So anything above 13 is good. At the minute, it's 13.22. That's plenty. It's still going to run these lights for ages. Um, then there's loads of other tech going on here. I can check the. Um, I can check into my dash cam and look through it. I can look through the camera at the back. And I've got thermometers dotted about. So this app here shows me various locations in the van where I've put Bluetooth thermometers. So it's 20 degrees in bed at the moment. It's 17 in the front. It's 16 in the kitchen. And I've got one that I can put outside as well. I mean, it's all tech. The um, solar panel, the solar charge controller has got Bluetooth as well, so I can see exactly how much power is coming all the time. So if I park in the shade, I can decide if it's too shady by how much power I'm, ge I'm generating. So much, pretty much, cool. Much yes. like yourself, Kate. It's very <laughs> fancy much, yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's what's going on with the power. So... Yeah. Your solar panel goes down while you're out on your yeah. trip. Well, we'll get onto trips shortly. But yeah. so you're out and about, solar panel goes down. Right. You've got your your uh, so the house redundant, battery redundancy, as in the solar panel breaks. Yep. So, so the redundancy is the split charge. You know, Sasquatch comes down and just puts his foot through yeah, it, something yeah, yeah. like that. The engine still charges. <laughs> so there's always a backup. There's always a redundancy. So everything needs to have a redundancy. Every system needs a backup, and everything I have should have a couple of jobs, a couple of purposes. So I've tried to do that as best as I can. So if the solar panel goes, that's fine, because the engine will charge the batteries in the back as well. What can you say? I'm not as stupid as I look. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question now. Go on. What if your engine breaks? Ooh, what if my engine breaks? Well, fortunately, I've got a mechanic in the family and a mechanic good friend of the family, so I can call on them to like uh, there's a lot of things that I can do with an engine not all, all things but a lot of things that's a double redundancy so if I don't if I can't figure it out myself and I call them and they can't figure it out then I've got my um, global recovery to fall back on right. so I've got a global recovery that will bring me home and the van well, see, I mean, this, this wow. is like you know, on a serious note. <clears throat> no, I need I it. The thing is, <laughs> like when you know, when you when you think about it, I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're going to be traveling in yeah. this van, and you're going to be potentially relatively far away from any form of, you know, me. civilization as such. Yeah. Um, did you have to sort of skill up in terms of like you know 
like engineering. Like I wouldn't have the first idea about how to fix anything about my car. Um, I'm generally interested in that sort of stuff anyway. I'm a bit weird. Like at school, I didn't do great with my GCSEs or my A-levels. But that's because I wasn't really interested. And the things that I am interested in, I would go out of my way to learn. So I've got some strange qualifications that I've gone out and got myself. And it's some of them are to do with engineering and stuff. I've got, so here, here's a strange one. I've got a city and guilds in aircraft restoration. <laughs> that came in handy. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? I've got, I've got a city and guilds in aircraft restoration, um, aviation heritage. I've got a BTEC in um, aviation studies. I've got a, I've got a diploma in travel writing. The, the things that I'm interested in, I'll go out of my way to learn mm. and get qualified in, if necessary, if it's appropriate. I'm currently studying Norse mythology. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so these things are the things that I'm generally interested in anyway. So I, I have an understanding of them, and if I don't have an understanding of them and I need to, I will go out of my way to learn so that I can fix things myself mm. and deal with things myself if it comes to it. Um... Which means I, I completely understand the engine. I might not... In terms of um, the theory, I completely understand the engine. In terms of the practicalities, then if I practice, I might be able to do it. I might not. I don't know. So it, it depends whether... If something goes wrong where I understand it and can apply the understanding, I might be able to fix it myself. But otherwise, covered with breakdown cover <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know much about engines but is this a super complex one under the uh, hood here no it's, I um, guess it's, not. it's a 2.2 litre turbo diesel so there's a the, there's the the engine it's a diesel engine so it, it it's different from a petrol engine but it's got the same principle suck, yeah. squeeze, bang, blow right yeah yeah S sounds like your Friday night induction, <laughs> compression, explosion, <laughs> exhaust so yeah fuel goes in squeezes, explodes, and then comes out the back, and that's how it just keeps going. And then there's a turbo fitted to it, which just changes the air pressures and gets a bit mm -hmm. more power out of it. And Still I mean, sounds it's... like your Friday night, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> Why just a Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> what day is it today? That is good, yeah. Yeah, I just glad. Yeah. <laughs> what day are we on? Wednesday? I, I have no idea. Wednesday, yeah, I believe so. Wednesday yeah. night in the woods Yeah, with Kirsten. This is what you get, yeah. <laughs> Well. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so the, the principles are all the same. Like, um, I don't really need to know much about AC power that you have in your house because I don't. I, I have a box that goes to a plug. DC power, it's it's similar to the way water flows. I mean, you you put a tap in, it changes. You put a valve in, it changes. Guys, is that Bigfoot? But Would jump, these mics jump, have picked that up? Possibly. Wow. Possibly. Jumping up I'm and down you. on the bed, it might have been. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so uh, DC power, the power that I have that runs everything, the, the USBs and everything, it's, it flows like water flows, so it's the same principles. You just need to think it's not water, it's power. <laughs> don't, don't confuse it don't with water. It. Don't confuse um, it. Don't put them together either. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, I, I get everything in here, I understand everything in here. Whether I can do something about it is another matter. Case-by-case case basis. Yeah. 
Love it, man. Love it. So, I mean, it's it's not only your your living quarters; it's also your workstation. It is, um, and so therefore, you had to kind of put you had to put a number of things in place that will yeah. allow you to actually. So I needed to make sure I had the power yeah. for starters, but then I also need to have a, uh, a usable workspace. So I've got a couple of options there. I can um, I can spin the, the the chair around at the front. I can sit with a, a what's it called a lap desk. I've got a lap desk. I've also got a lagoon table, so I've got a table that mounts and spins around at various points in the van. Um, so I can sit on the bench seat and use that. And obviously I can come and sit out here and use a table or sit with something on my lap if the weather's good enough. So I've got lots of options for where to work because I, I quite often struggle with um, if, I'm, if I'm not finding something is flowing when I'm trying to write or if I'm trying to process some photos or something. If it's not flowing and it's not coming out, I'll just go for a change of scenery. So I needed to have mm -hmm. the option to change it, even if it's just going from here to here. I've I've got that option in the van to change where I'm sat and what I'm looking at. Mm. So it's a it's a cool workspace, and as I say, that it, it's power intensive. What we do is power intensive, isn't it? So I've got the power to be able to do it. And you still, I mean, you can you can literally carry on with your travel photography. Yeah. Um, you can still you can write yep. you can upload to the internet yep. really quite easily. See, I've well. got broadband. If you pick up your phone and search Wi-Fi, you'll find Coffee Fernvay is available to you. There's broadband here. Cool, huh? Is it is it super duper? It's fast enough. Virgin fast. Fast enough. <laughs> is it virgin fast? Depend, is it virgin fast? <laughs> depends where I park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you the Wi-Fi code to my to my place. He'll be parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've been you've been testing it for a couple of months. Uh, yeah. Um, so far, what have you found to be the most sort of challenging? I have to remember that everything moves. <laughs> <laughs> In your house, nothing moves. No. <laughs> I have to remember that when I turn a corner, the fridge door will fly open unless I secure it. Yeah. And everything will come out. And I have to secure. So all the drawers have got a latch on. And I quite often forget to latch the cutlery drawer. And if I break, the cutlery goes flying. Mm. The drawer comes out and there's spoons everywhere. I have to so say, I was quite it, impressed. It's things like that. I was really <laughs> impressed earlier when because I, I was sat in the back at the time. And I thought, am I going to get hit by stuff? Not a single thing. Nothing. <laughs> I remembered. I was, You're lucky. <laughs> I was very safe. <laughs> yeah. So every, uh, maybe everything moves. Maybe because torch. But the thing is, that one of the, you know, like I was saying earlier about the van life thing, you see um, Instagram, you see all these people parked with a back doors open onto the beach. Mm -hmm. Their sinks and their beds are covered in all the stuff that they've got lying around. Like, everything you can't um, secure. Was... What was that? Well, it's a bird. Or a mouse or a rat. A mouse or a rat? Mm. Oh, I hate nature. <laughs> Sounds pretty close. It sounds very close. Yeah. It's probably in your your sleeping bag. I'm going to do some behind the scenes for you. <laughs> you didn't Shine expect this on Shine Camera Shake Podcast episode two. Shine a torch so that we can show the behind the scenes. Can you see it? I can hear it. If the mic's not picking it up... It probably isn't. We've got some very strange squeaking coming from very low and very close. 
not a big foot. I tell you that. It's a small very small. Foot. It's a little foot. foot. <laughs> little foot. <laughs> anyway, petty foot. <laughs> well, we're not getting it. Here's the rest of the view here. Right. I'll send you that footage. Thank you very much. <laughs> what were we saying? Testing. Testing. Things not flying around. Mm. The sink. The sink is very valuable real estate. Okay. When you're driving, if you've got a thing in the van that you want to secure that's going to move around that doesn't necessarily have a place, like a shopping bag, because you've just been to the grocery store, goes in the sink. Excellent. It's not going anywhere, is it? Mm. They don't show you this on the, the Van Life Instagram stuff. No. Um, and the bed as well. Whatever, like, bottles and things like that that you don't want to move, stick it on the bed. It's not going anywhere. It's all soft. <laughs> you can have that. This is inside secrets to Van Life. Put it on the bed or in the sink. Well, when I was in the back, I was moving around <laughs> quite a lot. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe I should have gone into your bed. See, this is, desi- this is designed for me. You're lucky there was a passenger seat. So having two of you in the van, I'll just point out that we were off-road. Yes. It was all perfectly legal. It absolutely was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting here was a bit of a challenge. Getting here was awesome. I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. Just to describe where we are, we went up an incline of about that, and then it went to about that briefly, and then went to that, and then there were some twists and turns, and gravel and mud, and potholes. Oh, it was awesome. I love it. But that's why I put these wheels on. That's why I built the van this way. Because I want to be able to go anywhere, so I needed to test that I could go anywhere. Yeah. So far, so good. And it did easily, really. Yeah. Stick it in a low gear. Swamper, off you go. So, now that you've, now that you've, you've almost pretty, or pretty much completed the van, yeah. Um, what's your first project going to be? Uh, the first trip. Mm-hmm. I'll talk you through the whole thing if you want. Sure. Because it's it's all very loose, so I can't very specifically say what's going to happen, but I can guide you through the the first three months. So, Schengen. Um, the Schengen area is somewhere that I can only be for three months at a time out of every six because of Brexit because I've got a UK passport and now they're worth nothing yeah. so for, for those for those of you who are listening from far afield the Schengen area is is essentially it's, continental Europe it's the EU and four other members those members being Switzerland Iceland Norway and Liechtenstein, I think. There's another, so there's those three big ones and then a small one. I think it's Liechtenstein. It might be Andorra. Anyway, a small one. So, essentially, yeah, if I go into the EU area, there are a couple of EU countries that are not in the Schengen and there are, it works both ways. But, yeah, it's, it's um, once you enter the outside of the Schengen area via any country that's a member of the Schengen area, you are then free to cross borders within the Schengen area without being checked without the visa. You, once you're in one, you can go through them all, essentially. We used to be able to do that last year. <laughs> now mm-hmm. we can't. And I'm still trying to find a way around that, but so far I can't, I can't come up with anything that's going to help me. So I'm going to have to just do three months in, three months out, three months in, three months out, because the countries that I want to visit the most are in the Schengen area. Um, so... And there, there are no visas that you could get. There is no would... such thing as a Schengen visa. There is, but we don't need it. But what it would give you if you did need it is three months access. Ah. 
Great. So I would need to find a way to stay in a country that or get residency or another way of staying in a country that is a member of the Schengen area. Um, maybe I'll set up a business in one of them. I don't know. There's Maybe I can be adopted by someone from Germany. <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, why not? Why not? You heard it. So I heard yeah. yes. Um, anyway, what I'm going to do is the the most likely thing that's going to happen at the moment, based on all the planning I'm doing, is I'm going to leave um, early November, cross the Eurotunnel into France, turn left, and then go through Belgium, Holland, Germany, overnight somewhere near Hamburg, and then drive up into Denmark and get a ferry from Herschel's at the top of Denmark um, over to Seydisfjordet in Iceland. And I don't know if you got that pronunciation, but it's Seydisfjordet. I believe it was perfect pronunciation. Thank you. Um, I'm going to spend a few weeks in Iceland. This is the plan. So if this doesn't happen, I'm sorry, but this is the plan. Um, then I'm going to get on the ferry again and over to Torsaun, which is in the Faroe Islands. Spend about 10 days there. Um, the Faroe Islands, if you've never been, by the way, is terrible for your mobile phone because they don't really have any roaming agreement with anyone. But they've got really, really fast data. It's incredible. It's insanely fast. They just like if you if you want it, it's a hundred pounds a day. So yeah, about ten days there with no internet. I'll just have to use the Wi-Fi at the one Burger King in the whole country. Um, Breakfast, and lunch, then, and dinner. Exactly. Is. Yeah. Back over to Herschel's. Drive down to Copenhagen or Copenhagen if you're going for pronunciation in other languages. Um, there's a. Have you heard of the Orison Bridge or the Urson Bridge? Urson Bridge. Urson Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, that's the. So. Isn't that the bridge that connects um, Denmark to Sweden? It is. Yeah. But do you know what's kooky about it? It was featured in the TV series The Bridge. It's that bridge. It's that bridge. So it's a bridge, but it's also a tunnel. Oh, is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay, so on the Danish side, you go into a tunnel. And then halfway through the Urson Strait, which is the strait, the water between Denmark and and Sweden, or Copenhagen and Malmo, comes out of the water <laughs> and over into a bridge. It's really cool. How Look bizarre. It up. Be so anyway, yeah, I'll arrive in uh, Malmo and then left again up towards Oslo. Uh, spend about 10 days mooching about in the bottom of Norway doing things like Prikestolen and... Uh, what else is there? There's Twindefossen, um, there's the uh, Atlantishaun, the Atlantic Ocean Bridge that bounces between the islands. I actually rode there on a motorbike. It was in Triumph magazine. So I want to do it again in this because, you know, why not? It's cool. It's a really cool bridge. Um, and then up into Sweden to Kiruna, arrive in Kiruna and that general area, which is Lapland in time for Christmas, so I'll get there about the 21st of December. Then back into Norway, up to the top of Norway, to the Nordkap for New Year's. So the Nor I'll be at the northernmost point in Europe for New Year's, assuming the weather allows me to get there. And then down into Lofoten Island, Senja, that sort of area for a bit, and then back out into Finland, to Lappi, go skiing, and then duck out into Russia and down into Belarus to get out of the Schengen area. That's the plan. <laughs> That's a journey. So that is UK, France, Belgium, Holland, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Russia. Ten countries, three months. 
around the world in 180 days. uh, Springs to mind. Yeah. (laughs) But then um, the bit after that is going to be countries that I've never been to before because it's outside in Eastern Europe and I'm going to have to stay out of the Schengen area. And although there are countries in that general area that I've been to, there are lots that I haven't. So I'm going to explore and tick Mm. a few off as well. It's three months long enough to do all of those countries and... Three months for that there. first bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tight, but yeah. I mean, it depends on the weather and everything else as well. Sure. So there are places I might not be able to to go to because it might be too snowy, too icy, too cold, whatever. They might just be closed. Like Prikestolen is um, pulpit rock. Have you seen Mission Impossible where they're on the big ledge? Yeah. That's yeah. that's Prikestolen. And in December, that's not going to be fun. I'm going to do it. It's going to be fun for me, but it's not. <laughs> it's going to be... Icy, snowy, cold, middle of no... It's, uh, it's yeah, dangerous, I think, maybe, the word. And, and while your plans still <laughs> might might change, I know that, but knowing you, you've already worked out where you might run into weather issues. Yeah. And yeah. what you will do should you face weather yeah, issues. Yeah, exactly. There, right? if, if I get any issues, I know which way to turn um, and what the backup plan is. Yeah. Okay. So, like, the North Cape, the Nordcap, um, it, the idea is to be there for New Year's Eve. And New Year's Day, but there's a chance that I might not be able to get there because I went there in October last time I was there, and even then it was difficult. Oh wow! Because I I was driving through a snow cloud. You, you're on the top of the mountain. <laughs> Amazing. In like the snow's not even falling; it's just there. You're in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was crazy, and like howling gales and everything else. So yeah, I mean, there's. There's things that might go wrong, there's things that might not work, but there's backup plans in place as well. And various places along this route, I I know people. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm, I know who they are, they know who I am. If I needed them, they'd probably help me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I get up to the Lofoten Islands in the top of Norway, I've definitely got friends there. But along the way, there's there's people I know, acquaintances, that if I run into trouble, I think I could call on them. Oh, I'm sure. So there's always I'm sure they would. There's fun. always things in place. Yeah, no, we could we could drive over and help you. Do it. Yeah, I'm up no for that. Problem. We can go and record another episode in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can't wear your winter coat. Oh, <clears throat> guys, have you seen this coat he's wearing? Yeah. It's not even cold. We've got a fire, man-made fire. <sighs> We were just saying we might take the hoodies off. Yeah, I think it's, I might. It's quite sweaty. It's very, very, very cold. <laughs> very cold. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> this is like, is, is, isn't that like demonstrative of like, you know, like the um, Viking style Brits versus the beach body Central Europe. Sorry, beach body? Sorry, beach body. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. Oh, you, might have, you might have Pamela Anderson's hair, but that's about it. Way. Wow. <laughs> and I may have some of her tattoos as well. Ooh, okay. We'll, we'll have to prove well, that later. Well. You should see him in his red one piece later. Oh, well. That is going to happen. With your big plastic thing. <laughs> wow. This is something I don't want to see. <laughs> You haven't got a choice. <laughs> okay. I could just turn the lights off. Remember? I'm no, he's, he's got a safety torch. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is the safety torch. For, the, standing, for the scary, squeaky thing in the bush. I tell you what, I'm slightly intrigued <laughs> by the fact that we're, we're, we seem to be attracting... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's local. good because it means they're not in the tent because they're there. That's very that's true. true. The lights are attracting all the bugs. 
but they're taking the bugs away from where you don't want them to be, so that's fine. So I think this is probably an opportune moment to have a little look at what we've got left on the barbecue. Well, don't forget we've got some marshmallows that we need to roast that's before true. we run out of fire. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Oh, oh my god. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is currently four hours past when we cook them. Yeah. My, my arteries would not be happy. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Guten Abend, willkommen bei das Camera Schwuken Podcast mit Dave, Kirsten und Nick. Wo ist mein Handy? Mein Handy, mein Handy ist hier. Mein Handy ist verloren. Ja, uh, yeah, it's, it's useful to know little bits of other languages. Das ist gut. Yeah, that is good. That's going to get you anywhere. That'll get you far That's enough. all I learned at school. That's <laughs> is good. Yeah. That's is Christisch. Uh? Well, again, that's all you ever need. Surely oh, you know. That, sorry. The other one I know is Das Boot. <laughs> das Boot. Oh, this is educational yes. as well as informative. Yes. Of course. Um, all right. Okay. French? Let's go. Um, what do you mean? Let's go. That's all. <laughs> that's no, stay in. we're already in. Damn it. So, um, so you're planning on living in a van for a good couple of years? Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, I explained the rationale behind it earlier, but the the next thing beyond the van is going to be obviously settling somewhere, and I'd quite like to settle somewhere else, somewhere that's not in this country. I like the idea of um, an off-grid, homesteady situation somewhere, mm. perhaps in the Arctic, um, Finland, Sweden, or Norway, maybe even Iceland. I don't know, but we'll see. the The van's going to show me more of the world and at a different pace as well, where I'll be able to explore it slowly and see more of it and see how it all links together. Rather than getting on a plane and suddenly being somewhere else, I'll be able to join the dots and see what's all all along the way. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in a couple of years. I might get bored of it, I might not. It might be sooner, it might be later. I don't know. Do you plan on being back here during those two years at all? Yeah. There's a lot of the UK, particularly Scotland and Ireland. Um, when I say Ireland, obviously I'm not talking about the UK, I'm talking about Ireland, but there's a lot of our islands the British Isles that I want to see, that I haven't seen. Um, the first time I went to Scotland, it just blew me away. And so I went back and I visited Skye. I rode up on my motorbike to the Isle of Skye and explored there a bit more. Hmm. And and there's so much more of Scotland I want to see. Um, similarly, I went to Ireland and I haven't been back yet and I want to. So, yeah, I will be back over here. But as for where I'm based, I don't know. I'm based in the van. All right. That's deep, right? That's really deep. See outside my house. <laughs> Tapping into my Tapping Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. <laughs> so how, how are you going to finance your um, your travels? Because I think... Well, one it, of the it pays for itself yeah. already. Like I, I teach photography. I sell photos. I write about photography. It, it pays mm. for itself already. So 
it's it's still going to continue to pay for itself. Yeah. But all of those things can be done nomadically. They can be done from the van. They can be done from anywhere. So if they can be done from anywhere, then why not move myself while I do them? So I can write, I can pull over and write something, take some photos, and then tomorrow I'll be somewhere else doing the same thing, but in different surroundings and different scenery, taking different photos of a different place, but still writing and doing everything that I would have done anyway. I'll just be doing it from here rather than from a, a flat looking out of a window wishing I was somewhere else. Hmm. I know when um, when you were last on, Dave, you um, you cut you shared with us kind of how lockdown and all of that affected you ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. negatively, right? Yeah. And so obviously we've come out of lockdown and things have started to ease up, but travel's still been yeah pretty much non-existent. It's still tricky. Right? It's there, but it's not easy, is it? Do you feel just knowing that you're going to be doing this? Hmm. Is that, you know, even back in uh, February it's, when you started doing this? In here I'm free. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's completely improved my outlook, whereas I was just annoyed, frustrated before not being able to do anything or go anywhere. Um, tr- creating travel photography, travel content, um, whilst not being able to move is tricky. Whilst you can... Travel photography is, is not necessarily going somewhere it's getting your viewer to go somewhere so for you it could be down the road taking photos down the road from where you live but for me um the travel the moving about is part of the experience it's part of what i enjoy um and that's why one of the reasons why i do it so yeah now that i've got this that's released that lock that was on me from before and i'm getting closer and closer and closer to Actually going, it's just it's awesome. Mm. I can't wait. I really can't wait. Which is why I'm putting it through its paces as hard as I can to make sure everything's right, everything works before I actually go. Hence right. driving up this hill and <laughs> nearly breaking things. And making me drive up it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it coped just, just, just. But I mean, you know, it's uh, to have found a way out if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. is impressive. You know, you've looked at what you love yeah. and go, you know what, sod this. I'm going to go and do that. Yeah. And you found a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you've put a lot of and work And the thing into is, it. there's nothing to stop anyone from doing that, really. I mean, there are different people who've got different levels of things holding them back. Yeah. Family being the big one. But if if there's nothing really tying you somewhere then you can do this. You can go and get a van. You can figure out how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I figured out how to do it. And you can create your own path and your own destiny. And I love that. I'm completely in charge of what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I'm, I don't know. I... There's things that have happened in my life that I don't want to take forward with me and I'm making sure I don't. I'm making sure I'm leaving those things behind me and, as I say, I'm creating my own destiny. And for me, I want to see the world and I want to show people the way I see the world through photos and through writing. Um, And that's what I've been doing and what I'm going to do even more. I say I'm going to do it harder. I'm going to do it even harder in the future. Because it's going to be 
It's going to surround me. It's going to guide me. It's going to be my entire life, not just a part of it because yeah. of this. And then, as I say, maybe it'll be a couple of years. Maybe it'll be longer. Maybe it'll be less. And then we'll see what happens next. Wow. Cool, huh? Yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> cool. You know, just for anyone, even if this isn't your your thing, this isn't what you would want to do, you've just got to take inspiration from the fact that someone's gone out there and actually doing the thing that they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I certainly thing. do. I certainly do, man. What's the inspiration behind the name Coffee Fernway? Um, <laughs> good question. Very good question. So, it's a Mercedes. Mercedes is German. And Fernway, the second half of the name, uh, means wanderlust in German. So, the desire to travel. My favorite place in the world is Iceland. I've been there, I don't know how many times. Lots and lots of times. Maybe 15, 20 times. Lots of times. Um, coffee... It's got two meanings in Icelandic. Coffee is one of them. It, it, coffee means coffee, uh, which is convenient because I love coffee. And then there's um, cabin. So it's a cabin. If you plug the two together, it's a cabin with a desire to travel. And I know it's not catchy. I know coffee fanvay is a mouthful. <laughs> and I know it's not memorable. And I don't care because that's not the point of it. No. The The branding of me and what I do is still the same. It's iDave Williams. The name's on the side of the van, it's on the front, the back, the side, it's everywhere. It says iDaveWilliams.com. Coffee Fernvay is just the van, it's the van's identity. So it's it's kind of a brand in itself, but it, it doesn't matter because if you go to coffeefernvay.com, it's a mask URL that puts you on my website, iDaveWilliams.com. So it's purely, I, I like the name, it's unique, and... If you're going to remember it, you're going to remember it. If you're not, then if you see it, you'd recognize it. You know, it, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it means something. The the root of the word means something. And uh, it looks cool. The logo looks cool. Yes, you know does. what I find really interesting um, about what you've done is you've you've really actually, you know, you've given the band itself personality and mm -hmm. it's, it's become, um, you know, another actor in your story. Do you know how many people have sent me messages um like text messages, Facebook messages, Instagram messages. Said, I saw a green van earlier. I thought it was you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I've had people genuinely see me, and I've like just the last time I was driving along the M25, and this van is next to me, beep beep beep, and this guy's waving at me like, ah, oh, it's like I know that guy. It's um, someone that I met at a wedding a few years ago, and he'd see me on Facebook and seen the van, then he'd see me on the motorway, like, oh, there he is. So yeah, it does. It yeah. does have a. Yeah. It stands out. I mean, it's huge and green. With solar yeah. panels, massive wheels, yeah. and bright lights, it's it's pretty unique. <laughs> it's quite a particular green as well. It is, yeah. Um, it is a military vehicle paint, and oh, it's yeah. olive green. Um, I can tell you the coding for the paint because I used I sent it to the graphic designer who did all the logos. In fact, let me tell you about that. Mm -hmm. The logos themselves and the fact and how they got there. So first of all, the stickers that are on the side. There's some behind me and over there. The stickers were made by um, this guy um, who I I bought some stickers from him on Etsy, some vinyl stickers, which are these rescue ones and the jet intake and the jet exhaust and those things. And I messaged him saying, I need the actual graphics for the actual logo. So he very kindly said, yeah, I can do that. It's, these are the maximum dimensions my sh machine can do. And he did them for a very good price. And so that was very kind of him. But... Before that, making the actual logo, um, somebody called Kimberly Richardson, who goes by the uh, the moniker White Seal Graphics, 
is a graphic designer based in California in the USA. And she follows my photography and she's um, kept up with me for quite a while and was messaging me and lots of people messaged me on social media and I sort of, I don't mean to sound horrible or anything, but you just kind of, there's so many that you can forget, but some people stand out. She was one of the ones that stood out. And interestingly, when I released the second edition of my Northern Lights book, she sent me a message about how the book's great, but the graphics suck. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I was thinking, okay, (laughs) um, are you offering? And she said, whatever you need, just let me know and I'll do it for you. So she was just willing to help. She's an experienced graphic designer who wanted to help me out. And so I went to her and said, look, I'm doing this fan project. I've, I've got these ideas, but I have no idea how to do it. I don't want to go onto one of these websites that charges you for something that's off the shelf. I want my own logo with my own criteria. And I told her it's got to be about mountains, cameras, Vikings. Um, it's, got to, it's got to have um, like Norse or Viking looking words and writing. It's got to have a compass. It's got to have the Vegfasir, the... Um, it's not it look people think it's the Viking compass, it's not Viking, it's Icelandic. But anyway, the, the compass that's on the front of the van and in the logo. I told her all this stuff and she came back with this awesome logo, which is the the one that's on the van now. There, there's no deviation. This first is the first time. thing first thing she came up with was like, Yeah, that's it. She just did a few tweaks and stretched a few things out and yeah, it was perfect. Amazing. Now we're working on some stickers, so there will be merch. Merch. It's going to be merch. merch shop. I'll give you guys some stickers. I've got some test stickers. Awesome. I'll give you some. I would uh, like a hoodie, please. I'm going to get a hoodie done. There's going to be a hoodie. There's going to be hats. Sweatshirts. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. Merch, guys. I'll have one of everything and I'll wear it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like this guy's wearing everything? It's yeah. not even cold. <laughs> everything I everything I own, I wear right now. <laughs> Are you actually cold, dude? I'm never cold. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Oh. I mean, not anymore because I'm wearing my coat. Just go by the fire. Yeah. Man-made fire. <laughs> Would you like to be spooned? Um, no, Care- careful. <laughs> careful. I just had an idea. Careful. Think about that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, just for a second. Um, we should be we should be wearing some hoodies at the uh, photography show. I well, Dave Williams coming or up Camera Shake? Well, it's Camera Shake podcast <laughs> hoodies, of course. Clearly. So I'm going to be teaching at the uh, photography show. Mm. I'm going to be teaching in the editing suite booth. Stand. I'm going to be teaching the editing stuff about travel photography. So if you're if you're free, well, come on by. Oh, we will be there, 100. Um, percent So photography show uh, is going to happen at the NEC in Birmingham from yeah, from the 18th the of 18th September till the 21st. Sorry. Yes, yeah, I'll be there 18th and 19th. Fantastic. With the van, excellent. In a car park somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, so yeah, if you happen to, uh, or if you're planning on going to the photography show, you know, definitely drop by. Uh, that should be really interesting. It's going to be good. Class. It's always good. Uh, what, what exactly is it you're, you're teaching? You'll find out when you get there, won't you? Well, yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Very secretive. It'll teach well, you how to lure people in with your photography. We should definitely be there um, for that. Do you just do this? <laughs> Come, Come, here. In. Come in. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing um, shooting stars. Yeah. Come the dove from above. That thing. Oh, the crow from below. Remember that thing? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was a while back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Back when Ulrika Johnson was young. Ulrika. 
Yeah. Are we old? Does this mean we're old? Because yep, that was a so. while ago. Yes, it was. Was that when? Whoa. Was that when Ulrika Johnson was young and what was his name? Last Euron Eriksson was still the England trainer, England coach. England tr who? Sven, 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 Goran, Eriksson. Oh, Sven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sven, Sven. Yeah. See, that's how much I know about football. It kind of rhymed. It was in the right direction. Last yeah. <laughs> Euron. That's right. She was seeing him, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. She was. I'd forgotten about when that. Were they married? I think they were married. Were they? Were they? Yeah. I think I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm you know guessing. How did he pull that off? Money. <laughs> yeah. That's what they like. Has she not got her own, she's got her own money though, no? Um, I don't think it is. Mm. I don't know. What did she actually do? Was she, was she like an it girl? Like a mm. a personality for the sake of being a personality? I, I think she might have been. Yeah. Do you remember? Was she a model? I know she presented some stuff. Maybe she was a model. Uh, yeah. See, I think of her and then I also think of Annika Rice. Yeah. She was weird. Jumping out of a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never saw that. It was, it was like no, a, you wouldn't have. I don't know, what was it? A, a late afternoon anything challenge. Just it doesn't challenge matter what it is. People would watch it, <laughs> yeah, because they managed to squeeze her into something that made her wobble yeah. in the right places, and then that was it. Viewing figures went through the roof. Well Sounds played. And the slightly more modern, and this is still about twenty years ago. Then came Fort Boyard. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> With um. <laughs> Melinda Messenger, was it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Mm, okay. I vaguely remember that. How did we get onto this? I have no idea. <laughs> Sven Goran Eriksson, Dove from Above. Wow. Backtrack, backtrack. Dove oh, from Above. Lure people in with oh, your photos. Oh, yeah, Go yeah. to the photography show. <laughs> 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 That's how we got there. It's amazingly. <laughs> if you're interested in Ulrika Johnson, make sure you join us at the photography show. Oh, yes. How can we keep up to date, Dave? <laughs> On your travels. <laughs> well, amongst many features of the van, one thing is a tracker. So there's a, there's a Garmin tracker in the van, which I primarily bought so that if I walked up a mountain, I could hit the SOS button if I was about to die mm -hmm. and someone would come and rescue me. But I've also discovered that I can publicly broadcast the location of this tracker with regular updates. I think it's every 10 minutes. So people can go on my website, idevwilliams.com, and then they click on Explorer, and then they click on Tracking, and you can see exactly where the van is all the time. So Unless I turn it off because I don't want you to know where I am. <laughs> so yeah, you can track the van, you can track where I've been and where I'm going, where I currently am, etc. Um, and you can even ping it. So if it's not giving you a live broadcast because you're not on the 10-minute loop, you can click Locate, and it will show you where I am when you click Locate. So wherever I am in the world, if you're interested in keeping up with what's going on um, and you're following the social media and seeing me post photos of the place I'm in, if you're wondering where exactly that place is, you can just go and track me. What a cracking idea. Cool, huh? Can you add a camera? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Oh, pity. <laughs> pity. Yeah, like cockpit cam. <laughs> cockpit cam. Wow. This is there's, stepping there's a up again. Yeah. <laughs> there are categories for things like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can track the van and see where I, where Dave is because it might be Dave, it might be the van, it might be on my bag as I climb a mountain, it might be wherever. 
that, is that live now? Or are you going to put it live when you start your... It's... In November. I turned it off when we got here, so it shows that we're here. Okay. Gotcha. When I turn the engine on, it turns itself back on again. But when you see this, we'll have already left. Yeah. So you'll have to look at half past ten on the 18th of August to see where we currently are in the middle of nowhere. Even we don't know where we are. No. No, we really don't. <laughs> no idea. And past these lights, we can't even see anything. No, can't so, see anything. Except for those eyes. I can see there. a red light. Yeah, what are these eyes over there? Uh, yeah, what? What's going on? Who is that? Hmm. Who's your friend? Got very large feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick. Uh, yes. This is, in fact, your very first ever camping trip. Yes, true. And? Are you loving it? <laughs> I am enjoying the company more than I am enjoying yeah. the thought of having to sleep outside. So, I like the fact that earlier, Nick just completely admitted defeat while Kirsten was putting up the tent. And just went, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no use to you here. I'm going to get the camera ready. <laughs> and I was. I was pointless. I wasn't doing anything. I was ob obviously just observing comings and goings from the comfort of my throne. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just observing the chaos. I, I made fire. That took two minutes. Yeah. And then I watched. But we were working with a tent, which was so old. The instructions had a picture of... It, they must That tent must be from the 50s. <laughs> Not quite, but the instruction manual sure is. Uh, Absolutely. Back when it had... Uh, I'm going to phrase this badly, probably. Go on. What, what you'd... Consider a fifties housewife to it was, be what yeah, they, absolutely, they thought, yeah. like, thought, thought yeah, yeah. was a, an appropriate way to um, portray them. Then, and she was <laughs> opening the tent on the table, wasn't she? Yeah. Yep, there yeah, was definitely yeah. a table there. Yeah. Either that, or she was very short. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a table. <laughs> well, you know, we get it going in the end, so you know. I'm interested to see what happens next well, with the tent. Yeah. Hmm. Now, who's Big Spoon? Trust me, I'm going to be I'm going to be the only spoon because he won't be able to handle my snoring. Oh, wow! <laughs> hence, hence the earplugs. Did you bring me earplugs? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well at least, at least I pre-warned you. That's yeah, well, very true. nice. Yeah, so we have come to the end of Camera Shake Podcast, episode seventy with Dave Williams. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks it was, for having me. It was an absolute education as always. Oh, cool! Um, thank you. And of course, it's the first time for us shooting an entire episode out in the wild. Yeah, yeah man. And it was... Scary, right? I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> so we are thinking of creating more of these kind of travel episodes, if you want. Um, let us know what you think, whether you think it's a good idea or whether you'd like to see our faces back in the studio. But uh, before you go, just remember that uh, you can listen to the audio versions of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other good audio platforms. And if you don't know already, we're also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash camera shake, where you can see our lovely faces in full Technicolor. But also, you can join the camera shake community over at cameraShakePodcast.com, where you can join our mailing list. Uh, we promise we won't bombard you with new status or anything, but there is a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff available to you. So uh, make sure you sign up. And that being said, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, dude. See you later. Alles klar. Alles klar. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. 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 <laughs>